1: Dr. Laurie Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition at Supreme, and you're listening to podcast number 19. Today we're going to talk a little bit about training and enrichment for your bird. Um, and before we do, I did want to take a minute just to answer a question. We had a question from David B. from California, and he asked, what is the recommended pellet-to-seed ratio for my cocktails? Can I give my cocktails seed uh, if I'm giving them pellets? And that's a really important question, David. Um, I would tell you that you know your base diet for your birds should be pellets. You know, I'm a big proponent of pellets because they're nutritionally balanced, they have all the vitamins and minerals that a bird needs, and we know that seeds are really, really high in fat. Um, and they don't have those important nutrients, but we can use seed as an occasional treat. And importantly, we can use seed for the purposes of enrichment, which is our topic today. So, uh, the concept of enrichment is really important in birds' lives. Now, you know, remember that birds that are in the wild flying outside have lots of things to do all day. They're building nests, they're finding food, they're attracting mates, they're sitting on eggs, they're doing all kinds of activities. And unfortunately, our pets, as much as we love them and we try to spend time with our pet birds, we're often not able to give them the attention uh, that we really need to, Uh, certainly not as much as they get when they're outside, you know, doing all kinds of things that keep Keep their minds busy. So the concept of enrichment is really, really important um, in the pet bird world and in the pet world in general. Um, the idea that we are keeping the minds of our pets busy, keeping them entertained and interested and excited so that they don't do things like pick at their feathers and become self-destructive or destroy even things in our own environments like our furniture. So um, I wanted to share with you a little bit about enrichment in general and talk a little bit more specifically about things that are enriching you can, that you can do for your birds, but that also may be fun for you. So things like getting your bird to step up, how you can train your bird to step up on your hand. Um, that's one of the first things that we teach bird owners to teach their birds, because obviously if you want to teach your bird any other tricks or any other interesting and fun things to do, the first step is to get the bird to come out of the cage safe and comfortably with you and this is you know something that I work on with new bird owners um, and what's nice is it's often enriching to the bird too because the bird knows that if he or she comes out of the cage not only will they get something good they'll their lives will be enriched usually we use a food treat or some other treat and I'll explain that in more detail but they get to come out and interact with their owners or other family members um, you know other things that are going on in the home so it's really coming out of the cage is An enriching experience for your bird, and one of the first things you might teach your bird when you first get the bird. So, how do we go about doing this? Well, Really when you're training a bird to do any kind of activity, any kind of trick or um, process, you have to remember that you know when you're teaching a new behavior, why do we do behaviors? We do behaviors really for one of two reasons. To get something good, something we like, or really to avoid something bad. And when it comes to training our pets, we really want to use positive rewards. We don't want to use punishment to make them do things. So we want to focus on something reinforcing or rewarding to to a bird to get that bird to accomplish something that we want them to do, like stepping up uh, out of a cage onto your hand. So the first step is to think about what does your bird really love? Um, and generally, food is a great reinforcer or reward to use with birds for training. And obviously, different birds, uh, you know, respond to different types of food the same way we all have preferences in the foods that we like. And, um, you know, I'll drive, for example, uh, I don't know, 10, 20 miles if I can get Um, you know, some really great pizza because I'm a big pizza fan, but I might not drive uh, as far for some other food that I don't like as much. So the same is true for our pet birds. You know, they may work a little harder if they know that they're going to get a treat that they really, really love. And the key is to not make that uh, reward or treat available at any other time other than the time you're doing training with your bird so um, often people don't you know know what to start with and what I tell people to do is just look at your bird in his cage and see what types of foods he gravitates toward you know offer him a whole bunch of things and see what types of food he likes some birds you know like spicy things some birds like sugary things Um, we all have different preferences so do our birds if you really don't know what to use one thing you could try is almond slivers Um, slivers of nuts are great because most birds love nuts I mean you know you know who doesn't love nuts they're tasty um, and they're fatty and they're delicious but if you give too many nuts at once not only is that not healthy because it's very high fat and can lead to high cholesterol and deposits of cholesterol and the arteries and heart disease and stroke and all these other problems if we eat too much fat but um, you know when you eat a lot of fat you get filled up quickly and then you're not really motivated to continue to work for something if you're really not hungry anymore and, and your reward is something that's fattening so using almond slivers is great because it's a little tasty treat, and it usually doesn't fill up a bird if you just give them one or two, depending upon, obviously, the size of the bird. So the idea is really first to start with your bird um, in his cage, and use that little almond sliver or whatever the treat is that you select, and get a little teeny, teeny bite-sized amount for that bird, and get that bird to just take it from your fingers in between the bars of the cage at first. Um, When the bird has mastered that and is unafraid of your hand and will just approach your hand and take the the food item from you you know safely securely and and not trying to snap at you and not trying to back away from your hand Um, and they associate your hand with something good then you can start with the bird um, at the threshold of the cage at the open door and really just offer your bird uh, the little treat have him lean forward get that little treat from your hand then gradually move your hand away a few inches away from the front of the cage door there so that the bird really has to lean forward out of the cage to reach that treat. Then you can put your other hand where you're not holding anything kind of as an open palm, like, you know, just like a something that your bird could step flat on, and then hold your other hand with the treat just a little farther away from the cage door so that the open palm is between your bird standing at the cage door and your other hand with the treat, which would force your bird really, if they have to reach your hand with the treat, to at least step one foot out onto your open palm to reach that delicious treat in the other hand. Gradually, if you back your hands away from the open cage door, you'll actually force your bird to have to step on to your open palm to reach the other hand that has the treat. And so if you just practice this, you can do it for a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes in the evening, usually not more, um, for more than two to five minutes I would say, twice a day. You don't really want to push it and you don't want to overdo it because your bird may get bored or tired or frustrated and or disinterested. Um, you want to make the training period exciting, um, so just do that and it can take a week it can take a few weeks it depends on the bird and obviously on the birds history and some birds are fearful of hands some birds have had bad experiences with people's hands and have to be trained to trust hands but again making stepping out onto a hand and leaning into another hand to get a treat something rewarding is is something that most people can do with their birds and that way the bird comes right out to you to step onto your hand for that treat eventually you can sort of uh, phase out the treat or make it very small and eliminate it and your bird will just come to your hands and expect you know that eventually something else will happen like you may pick up the bird and bring it to a playstand which is enough of a reward unto itself where you don't need to immediately reward each time with a little treat of food but certainly until your bird is comfortable routinely stepping onto your hand um, using the reward of food is a really great idea So the idea here is it's about positive reinforcement. It's about reinforcing a certain behavior like stepping onto your hand that you're trying to train your bird to do with food. Reinforcing it with some favored treat that again is only used during the times of training. If you give this bird the treat in the cage, he's not going to get it. And he's not going to understand that he actually has to accomplish a behavior in order to get that delicious treat. Um, You can do the same thing with other types of behaviors. I mean, people have asked, you know, how can I get my bird to talk? It's a little harder, um, but you certainly can do the same type of thing. So birds respond to certain tones. Um, They seem to respond more to like higher pitched tones and they respond to repetition. So birds will learn to repeat words, but what's interesting is they will often learn the, the words in context. So it's not just a matter of repetition. They may learn that they should say a certain word in a certain context. So for example, you can, you know, teach your bird to say hi. Um, And when you say hi, uh, you can look at the bird squarely in the eye and say hi, and say it in the same tone every time you say it. And eventually, if you start to hear the bird repeat what you're going to say, and at the beginning, he may just say ha, or ha, or hi, and not say it exactly like you say it, but as he approximates, as we say, the sound that you're making, you can reward him with a little treat. Whether it be a food treat, or sometimes it's just a matter of a lot of praise, like good bird, or a little scratch on the head if he likes that. And then eventually when he says hi, you know, the same way you say hi, and he will repeat it in your tone, um, then you can give him a big treat, like a big scratch on the head, or a nice bite of some delicious food he loves. So it's really about repetition, it's about using the same tone, um, and it's about praise. So just doing that over and over again, several times a day. Again, some birds talk very readily. Um, African gray parrots are known to be excellent talkers. Amazon parrots are very good talkers. Um, but I, I actually will tell you that there are other species of birds, other types of breeds of birds that are like budgies, for example. I knew a budgie who spoke Spanish and English and Hebrew, um, and it all came right out of that little budgie's mouth. So. You know, they're definitely, you can teach most types of birds to talk with repetition and with praise and reward. It's just a matter of, you know, doing it over and over again and being patient and realizing that these birds are not machines. Um, They all have moods just like we do and some days they wanna work on things and practice and learn new things and other times they're tired or they're doing something else. They're playing with their toys or they're watching TV or they're doing something else in their own cage and they don't wanna be bothered. So you have to really judge your own bird's demeanor, his body language. Um, Look at what your bird's doing in the cage. If he's in the middle of taking a bath or eating a meal, don't interrupt him to try to train him Wait till he seems to be calm and not distracted by something else to try to engage him in a training session. And again, don't overtrain. Just a few minutes at a time, um, maybe morning and evening, and just be patient. If it's not going well, if your bird seems frustrated and isn't responding, just stop. Don't push it. You know. And again, be patient in terms of how many days it takes. Some birds will do this in a couple of days, and some birds it may take a couple of months. It really depends on the bird. Um, And and just being, you know, really patient and understanding that you will get better results if you just take the time and go at the bird's pace. Um, So, you know, that brings us to the idea of what other things can you do? What other enriching exercises can you provide for your bird? It doesn't always have to be about training him to do a particular thing. Although teaching your bird tricks, you know, as we mentioned before, can be enriching and stimulating for him and really fun for you. But there are other things you can do. So this brings us back to the notion of seed. We had before the question about what's the recommended pellet to seed ratio for uh, David B. from California's Cockatiels. Well, I like to use uh, seed as a treat. I don't like to offer it as a primary diet. So I use it for training when I'm training birds or for enrichment. Um, I'll take a seed or two and I'll crumple a a piece of paper, like a little post-it up, and I'll put the seed inside. And then the bird has to learn that he has to open up the post-it, or you can even use a little cardboard box if you have a a bigger bird, like one of those little cardboard jewelry boxes, Um, and you can poke a little hole in there to let the bird know that there is something delicious inside, like a little handful of seeds. And let the bird work his way through the cardboard box or pull apart the paper. You can use tissue paper for some of the smaller birds like finches and canaries that can't rip and tear as well, um, you know, with, with their tiny beaks. But putting something delicious like seed inside that most birds really love, but that should be used as a treat or for training or enrichment only. That's what I really like to do. Um, other things you can do to enrich your birds life, uh, live, you can scatter food around a room. If you have a safe area where there are no other pets running around, um, where your bird can't get into chewing on wires or fly out a door or a window, you know, you have to sort of bird proof your room first, but you can take the bird's ration of food for the day. And if you have time, maybe you're around on a weekend and, you know, you're not rushing out to go somewhere, you can put the food around the room and hide it. Um, sometimes you can hide it in little pieces of paper as we mentioned before um, sometimes you can just hide it under you know, little things around the room and, and show your bird that their food is scattered around and get the bird to come out and walk around and find the food this is great because it's not only providing mental stimulation for your bird so your bird actually has to think about oh where should I look next for food but he also has to exercise he has to get out and move around and look for food and find his meal that way and most birds, pet birds don't get enough exercise so this is great because not only is it providing enrichment but it's providing a healthy form of exercise for your bird that he's motivated to perform and to do because he's getting those delicious yummy treats his food for the day you know by getting out and walking around Um, you can even hide things on different levels Um, some birds will fly and if they're going to fly in a room you just have to be very very careful that you've covered the windows and the mirrors and that there are no ceiling fans or open flames or pots of hot water for him to get into Um, but for even those birds that don't necessarily fly who have clipped wings which is fine um, you can uh, set up the food on different levels uh, where the bird can actually climb so um, having some food for example on a footstool that bird could climb up onto off the floor or um, if you have a series of boxes that a bird can pull himself up on to get to the top level to get to the food again climbing is great exercise the bird has to think about how am i going to climb up there to get that food i see that food um, and i want it but i got to figure out how to get there so those are terrific ways to provide exercise and uh, mental stimulation enrichment for your birds now you know some people are not as creative and And While you can certainly go to a craft store, which is something I recommend all the time and I've talked about, um, to find all kinds of objects, you know, little cardboard boxes, um, they make little uh, wooden boxes for some of the bigger birds that can use their beaks to chew through wood. Um, You can make inexpensive sort of foraging toys, as we've talked about, um, for enrichment with your bird and hide things inside. But for those people who are not as creative, there are a lot of commercially available toys for birds um, that provide this kind of uh, enrichment and mental stimulation. So, um, for some of the bigger birds, there are puzzle toys um, that involve wheels. There's some that are made of plexiglass. They actually have to turn with their beaks, these wheels, to access the food inside. Some of these toys have little drawers where birds have to learn to pull out the drawer with their beaks to access food inside. Um, A lot of these uh, toys and and enriching things are based on food because birds are very motivated by food. Um, So, you know, look for not only what food your bird loves, but also look for what textures your bird likes. Some birds um, like paper, some birds like cardboard, some birds like thin wood, um, some birds like to chew on leather. Those are all safe things for birds to chew on. And you can use all of these commercially available objects that have these safe uh, materials in them for birds to chew on to just provide them with a surface where they can really kind of rip and shred and tear. And that's really enriching for a bird to to do too, some types of birds, for, for example, the cockatoos, for example, really need to chew to have fulfill their normal behaviors, and they love to just chew, 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 and they'll spend hours ripping and shredding and tearing things apart, and that's really mentally stimulating to them too. So you know you can give them a good uh, a phone book or a bunch of old shredded uh, newspapers, anything like that that you don't mind that they destroy, and that can be really enriching and stimulating for your bird. Um, some birds like to preen things like we'll use feather dusters or you know feather mops and that can be a great distraction particularly for a feather picking bird because they're preening something else they're preening a feather duster and they're not injuring themselves by doing that so um, that that's another type of enrichment that you can provide for your bird Um, other things that are enriching in your bird's environment are just simple things like having music on or television and I do love television for birds because I know I'd rather sit in a room and watch TV than just sit in room and hear music all day as much as I love music. I think having both both the visual and the auditory hearing you know the sound of the TV and seeing what's on the screen that's a little more enriching to me and I think enriching to my own bird than just hearing song all day. Um, Some people put their birds cages by a window to get sunlight and see outside kind of like a natural TV which is great um, as long as there's nothing scary outside. So uh, sometimes Sometimes, if you, you know, if you live in a rural area, there are big hawks, or sometimes there can be like coyote and other bigger animals or big dogs outside. That can be scary for a bird, so you just have to use your judgment. Um, and you want to certainly put the cage, if it's in an area where there's a lot of sunlight, uh, in a place where your bird is not going to get overheated. Um, But uh, even placing your bird's cage somewhere in the house where there's a lot of activity, Um, you know, if there's a family room and you're in the family room a lot and and your your family sits there and, you know, talks to each other a lot or watches TV um, or even in the dining room, that's a great centrally located area for your bird's cage to sit so that that bird is not isolated and has a lot of interaction with the family. Um, Some people do put their bird's cages in the kitchen and that's fine, but you do have to be very careful when your bird's cage is in the kitchen that you're not cooking either with teflon which we know when it's heated up um, it releases a an odorless toxic uh, vapor that can kill birds you want to make sure also that there are no other fumes like any other cooking fumes burning fumes um, and, and you know you again you have to just be very careful when you have your bird in your kitchen because there are a lot of potential toxins and dangers there um, it's fine if you're paying attention um, and you move your bird out of the kitchen when you're cooking the kitchen is a a hub of traffic for most homes. But just realize that, you know, there are some dangers there. So just be careful if you're going to keep your bird in a place like a kitchen. I know from my own bird, uh, one of my birds, he has a sleeping cage. So he understands that that that's his quiet area. And then he has his day cage, which is in our family room where we sit all day and we're home and we read there. Um, You know, the TV's there. There's a lot of activity. So my bird learns that, you know, this is the one place that's the enriching place and there's lots going on. And then there's that other place, the sleeping cage, where at night I go to and I'm expected to be quiet and I can go to sleep um, very comfortably there. So it actually teaches the bird about his own environment um, by providing him with one area for enrichment and another area for quiet and sleep. Um, It sounds kind of crazy, but, you know, that's what we do. We have our own bedrooms, and that's where we go to sleep. And then we have our family rooms or our dining rooms or our living rooms or the other areas in the house where we interact with people and our family members and the rest of the flock for the bird. So I hope this has given you some ideas um, about how to provide enrichment for your bird. A lot of these are very simple and don't require uh, a lot of expense or a lot of thought. As I said, there are some commercially available enriching toys out there if you're you know, not wanting to have to be too creative and think about this yourself. Um, but just remember, you know, when you're listening to nation like this, I'm going to give you some tips um, about how you can improve your bird's life. And throughout these episodes, if you follow our Supreme Facebook page, we will have posts there before every show where you can ask questions for me to answer on the show. And you're also going to see some sneak peeks there to episodes you might have missed there. If you do have any questions, feel free to contact us at 1-800-345-4767 or at customercare at Zupreme.com. This is Dr. Lori Hess. And thank you so much for listening to Zoo Nation.
0: Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us.